I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm Patty Teal here as usual with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson, who warns us about the latest scams and gives us tips on how to spot them. Hi, Vicki. Hi, Patty. So we know that phishing emails have been around for a very, very long time. We've discussed them ad nauseum. They're designed to get you to share financial information or other personal information. But these days, technology can make these email scams very hard to detect. Why is that, Vicki? Well, Patty, fraudsters can use chat GPT to make these messages very believable because you won't have the kind of spelling and grammatical errors that you'd find in the older phishing emails. Common phishing emails play on our emotions to get you to send money or information, things like you've won a big prize or there's a problem with your credit card or your utilities are going to be shut off because of an unpaid bill, things like that. And of course, they're always telling you you have to act fast. And some messages will appeal to your desire to help others, such as a needy child or animals or victims of disaster. And of course, the emails will require you to click on a link. But once you do that, the information or money you send will go to a scammer. And Vicki, are there ways that we can spot phony emails? Yes. First of all, you need to check the address. Hover your cursor over the sender's name to bring up the full address. If it's not from a sender that you expect or it looks odd, it's not legitimate. And what would be an example of an odd email address? Sometimes it can be very subtle. An example would be an address that is spelled wrong. For example, Amazon spelled with an extra M. Hmm. What other red flags are there? Well, being asked for a payment to collect something that you supposedly won. Huge red flag. Also, any kind of email that asks you to go to a link to update your information. A legitimate organization might ask you to log into your account through its website to update information, but they will not ask you to go to a link to do that. And what about GoFundMe requests that tug on our heartstrings? Again, those can be very tricky because they do tug on our heartstrings. So check the address to see if you really know who's sending the request and make sure it is somebody that you trust and that you want to help. And what about donating to charities? How can we know if the charity is legitimate? That's another very good question. Go to charitynavigator.com or to the Better Business Bureau to see how it's rated or if it is rated, and how much money actually goes to the cause as opposed to the administration costs. Vicki, if you accidentally aren't being careful and you open one of those emails, are you in danger of having malware on your computer? Again, another good question. And Patty, as long as you don't click on the link or download the attachment, you should be okay. But here's a little hint. Skip anything that says, click here to unsubscribe. Since that could take you to a malicious website or give criminals a chance to hack your device. 
Wow, that's hard one, Vicki, because I get so many emails that I don't want. I might have hundreds from someone and I always do go through and unsubscribe. How else do you get rid of them? Yeah, exactly. I do too. But again, there is a bit of a danger to do that if you suspect that it could be a suspicious kind of email that's trying to get your personal information. Yeah. And what should you do instead? Well, if you get one of these emails, label the email spam or junk, and then it should get moved out of your inbox and then block the sender. That's the best thing to do. I'm going to start doing it that way. But what if you click on a link or an attachment? You're in worse trouble or more likely to be in trouble, aren't you? Absolutely. That is really the danger. And there are several things that you should do. First of all, close the email right away label it as spam or junk and block the sender. And if you click opened a website window, there are several things that you should do. First of all, shut the window, delete the address from your browser history, trash any attachment that you might have downloaded, disconnect from your Wi-Fi, or turn off your phone or computer for a minute because this could interrupt any malware that is being downloaded onto your system. And then run a security program if you know how to do that and if you have one, or have a tech pro check your device to make sure there's no malware installed. That's really great advice. I would never have thought of deleting the address from the browser history. That's great. Anyway, what if you got hacked? The worst news. The worst news, of course, then you have to ask your email provider what steps you should take. And you might actually have to open a new account. That might be the advice they give you. Patty, I'd also like to talk a little bit about Facebook frauds, because apparently scam artists are loading up Facebook, Instagram, and other social media platforms with scams. Well, it's a great opportunity for them. So many people use social media, so it's probably the best way for them to get their scams out there. And we're talking about things like ads offering incredible bargains on all kinds of products or offers of low interest loans or amazing cryptocurrency investment opportunities. Also, friend requests from strangers that could lead to a romance scam. So what are some red flags that can help us spot these type of scams? So if you receive a strange message from a friend or relative saying that they were hacked, now this is interesting, don't respond. Contact that friend or relative off of the platform to see if a scammer was reaching out in their name and if in fact they had not been hacked. I know. I never would have thought of that. Although... You know, sometimes I get friend requests from people I'm already friends with. And I think, that's strange. I know I've been friends with them for years. So I bet that's what's happening in those cases. That's right. It's very suspicious. I'd be there and not accept that friend request. Yeah. And what about strangers who want to become your friend and want to get to know you on social media? Well, here's the sad thing. They're probably after money, not friendship. So it's really best to ignore anyone that you don't already know to avoid getting caught up in a romance scam. And remember, information that you share on social media, such as the things that you like to do, where you're going on vacation, all of this information can be used by romance scammers to lure you in and gain your trust. 
Right. And what about loans that they ask for or investment opportunities they come up with? Be really very, very careful of these, especially cryptocurrency investment offers. There are many kinds of crypto scams. And remember, as we always say, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And always, before you invest in anything, whether you find it on a social media platform or anywhere else, check with a financial advisor or somebody that you trust to help you make an informed decision. Never invest in a so-called great opportunity that you hear about on social media until you have done a lot of due diligence and really investigated thoroughly that particular investment. And of course, we're always being presented with shopping opportunities. Absolutely. And we've talked about this before. So check for negative comments about the company and also check with the Better Business Bureau to see what they say. So what you can do is search online for the with the name of the business and the words scam or fraud. And you might be very surprised with what comes up. And you are always safer going directly to the product's website and ordering from their website. Mm -hmm. But what if you weren't careful and you responded to one of those messages? So responding to the message won't put you at risk if that's all you do. If you don't sign up for anything or click on a link or go to a different website. But if you get an uneasy feeling about the person, whoever it is that you are messaging with, stop the communication, block the sender. And of course, we all don't want to be scammed. But what if it happens? And it does happen. And unfortunately, it happens more than we would expect because these scammers are getting so professional and clever with how they approach us. But follow the steps that you would take with any internet scam. And I'll talk about them again. Contact your credit card company if you paid with a card. Let them know right away that this was a fraud. Contact your bank if you gave them banking information and follow the advice of your bank. Talk to their fraud department. And you may actually have to close your account and open up a new account, changing your passwords and so on. Block the sender. Close any accounts that might have been compromised. If you gave the sender any information about any of your accounts, you're probably going to have to close them. Report to law enforcement and also report to IC3.gov. That's the Federal Bureau of Investigation site and FTC.gov, Federal Trade Commission. So you want to report to the FBI, IC3.gov, and the Federal Trade Commission, FTC.gov. Also, and we've talked about this before, Put a freeze on your credit by contacting the three credit reporting agencies and check your credit card and your bank statements frequently to make sure there's no unauthorized activity on your accounts. Wow. Thank you, Vicki. You gave so many good tips today. I'm going to put them in the show notes so people can read about them. So good news. Well, we do, in fact, have some good news. And this came from Scamicide, <laughs> my new favorite site. This came from the scam of the day, but it is good news. But it's also a cautionary tale, a warning for us. Scam of the day, here's the headline, January 23rd, 2024, so quite recently, three members of the Felony Lane Gang were sentenced. Okay, love that title, Felony <laughs> Gang. And this was three gang members who would break into cars in parking lots, and what they were looking for was credit cards, debit cards, checkbooks, and driver's licenses. So they weren't necessarily interested in cash, and they were actually part 
of a national gang, which is called the Felony Lane Gang. And this gang uses these particular stolen items for identity theft, because those are the items that they can use to steal somebody's identity and open up accounts in that person's name. So the break-ins are often called smash and grabs. That's where they're in a parking lot, they see something through the window, somebody's left their purse or their checkbook or their wallet in plain sight. They have instruments that they can quickly smash the window, reach in, open the door, grab the item, and they're gone within seconds. These smash and grabs just take seconds. This particular gang started in Florida, but they are operating throughout the United States. And you know, Patty, here in Santa Barbara, we have so many hiking trails or beaches where people go and park for the day. Mm -hmm. And this is just ripe for a smash and grab crime. When you are in any kind of a parking place, whether it's the beginning of a hiking trail or beach parking or supermarket parking, be sure that nothing is showing. Your purse is hidden if you haven't taken it with you, your wallet, your credit cards, your checkbook. Make sure that those are very well hidden somewhere in your car if you have to leave them there and make sure your car is locked so that somebody walking by won't see it and, and take it. Instantly. Yeah, I think most of us put things in the trunk, but it's easy to forget. And is it safe if you put things in the trunk or do they have a way to get in there as well? Well, these are crimes of opportunity. So most mm-hmm. of the time, these crooks are not going to explore any further than, oh, I see something lying on right. the passenger seat. I'm mm-hmm. going to smash the window, grab it and go. Because they want to be gone really, in a hurry. Mm-hmm. These are really crimes of opportunity. So you should be safe if you've got your things locked in the trunk or placed somewhere out of sight. Right. Thank you so much, Vicki. This episode was just a treasure chest of tips. It was amazing. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So many things I didn't know. So thank you very much. I look forward to next week. Thank you, Patty. Take care. All right. Bye-bye.